Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have with me Z Gris. And oh, I am so excited about this juicy topic. We are going to be discussing exploring sexual power dynamics. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, Z Gris is the founder of Embody More Love, providing performance ritual, embodied coaching, and leadership trainings for dance and sexuality facilitators. Z helps people find states of ecstasy and clarity so they can live a life of self-love, liberation, and intimacy. Z comes from 35 years of dance training with certifications in yoga for birth, Esalen massage, deep body work, urban tantra, Pilates, and health coaching. Z is a currently touring a performance ritual, Waters of the Soul, exploring the power of grief and orgasm, which is so perfect. I just had an awesome interview about that. Awesome. Z is a queer, gender transcendent, kinky, poly dancer who directed spiritual nourishment for consciousness activism in collaboration with Deepak Chopra. Z has been listening to, speaking in, and facilitating spaces to acknowledge and transform white privilege since 1999. Thank you for that work and welcome to the show, Z. I'm really happy to have you here. Yay! Thank you so much. Yeah, grateful to be here. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with our infamous question at this point. Well, I don't know how infamous it is, but um, it hasn't done anything terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we, will see. we will see. We will see. It's true. I guess I can't, I can't really say that with, with full knowing. But I want to know, what are your superpowers? Ah, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Play. I connect people with the play, the joy, the love in our own bodies. And I companion people deeply in their own self love and liberation. Mm. That is so beautiful. That is quite a superpower. Yeah, it's, it delights me. <laughs> yeah. And how did you? come to this work. I, I'm, I'm often curious whenever I interview people who are in the world of sexuality, because it's not, you know, it's not one of those career choices that you can pick at the guidance counselor office. So I'm just always really curious, like how people, how people come into that space. Yeah. Um, well, the simplest way to answer that, um, is that I absolutely love sex and I grew up um, feeling like I had way more sexual energy than I was comfortable expressing. And um, that given my appetite and delight in it, I was like, I need to really learn some skills and build a community that has conscious conversations around this so it doesn't take over my life. Mm. Um, and mm. so. Yeah, it just started as like, how do I take care of myself? Um, and then I started looking at who are the people that really inspire me with their connection to Eros and the way they've designed their lifestyle and agreements and the way that they play. 
And as I started to get to know those people, they started as some of my teachers and, and then my friends and then my lovers and then became my collaborators and then my students. And yeah, but that's kind of the simplest uh, way. I definitely did not think as a young person that I would be a kink educator or a sexuality educator. I did always know that I would be a dancer. Mm. And dance has remained the center of how I explore all of it. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so I want to talk about kink a little bit since our topic mm -hmm. is exploring sexual power dynamics. And I think there is a tremendous amount of misunderstanding about what goes on in the, in the kink community, um, what kink even is. And I think that probably different people have different interpretations of what kink is and what goes on in the kink community and what the kink community is. And um, I'm sure there, it's probably not just one solid community. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something that I know very little about. And so I'm always curious when I meet people who are actively in that world and are so open about it. Um, I want to hear more about what draws you to that world and, and what what's going on in there. Mm, great. Yeah. Um, well, my definition of kink is sexual desires, behaviors, identities that challenge social approval, giving you the opportunity to explore your courage, your shame, your pleasure, and your freedom, which you'll notice it says nothing in there about rope or mm -hmm. knives, or it's not about the activity. For me, it is about the willingness to follow what is true and to um, not use social approval as the guide for what will actually be fulfilling for you. Um, and that, that for me, like, yeah, it doesn't have to look like a dominatrix in a dungeon with a whip but it could. Mm -hmm. But if it does, it's because that's what really thrills you, not because you have a story that, that's, that you need to do the taboo thing and therefore mm -hmm. you're using social approval as your map. Mm -hmm. you know? um, but I also want to presence one of my um, colleagues and teachers, Midori, has another beautiful um, definition, which is the search for a change of state created by a temporary redistribution of authority, hierarchy, and control. And it, one of the things that's important about kink is that it, it, it can be contained. We often call them scenes, um, that there's a beginning, middle, and end to a state change. Now, for people who might be newer to kink, you could think of, you know, what's a state change? Meditation is a state change. Mm -hmm. um, dancing can be a state change. Going for a walk in nature can be a state change. And, and all of those examples are examples where there's an intention to change a state, and then you're, you're entering that, and then there's kind of a discovery. Like, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you have a sense of the mood, the energy of what happens when you enter those practices. And then you're willing to experience a state change. And then there's a conclusion to it, 
And then there's an integration and you kind of return back to your next part of the day. And the same is true in kink. Um, it doesn't mean that you stay in an extreme state 24-7. Um, it means that there are intentional moments where you engage in a state change. And some of that could be about a power exchange. There's yeah. always a power exchange happening in our life. It's a matter of are we putting our attention on it and are we bringing consensus and intentionality to the exchange? Yeah, I think that there's so much that's like bubbling up in my, in my mind right now. And so many, I'm like, Oh my God, we could take this in so many different directions. Um, So, so I am thinking that it means that we need to take the quick break before we open up the like whole (laughs) conversation because this is great. There's a lot of places to go. Um, So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive into some really juicy conversation and I have no idea which direction it's going to go, but I know it's going to be good. So if you're listening to this right now, you're going to want to stay tuned. Um, Before we go to the break, Z, will you tell everybody where they can go to find out more about you? Sure. My website is embodymorelove.com. So that's E-M-B-O-D-Y-M-O-R-E-L-O-V-E.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Go check out um, their website. We've been talking with Z Gris about exploring sexual power dynamics. And we're going to do the high vibe deep dive when we get back. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this one. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. All right, so one of the things that comes up for me when we talk about sort of the dominance, the, the like power dynamic piece is... I've had a lot, so in just my own personal life experience, and I'm sure there, there are other people for whom this is true, who have had, you know, sort of traumatic um, encounters with dominance, with authority. There's this, like, why would I want to do that on purpose question that comes up in my mind when I think about sort of like a kink experience um, mm-hmm. or my understanding of what that could look like. Although I love your definition. I really do. It's broadened it for me. And I'm like, oh, well, that, I'm totally into that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, So, yeah, I guess I would just love to hear your take on that, on the, like, on, on those, you know, people, I think it tends to be more often women, but not always, who have been, at the effect of some really intense power dynamics, oftentimes as children. Um, how does that play into this? And how, how is there maybe like a container set? And how can people make sure that they're 
if they are curious about it or if they do want to choose this path as a way to work through it, that they're not like re-traumatizing themselves? Yeah, great question. Um, well, not everyone is interested in that and it's okay. Um, you know, someone often, if someone is asking the question, there's some interest. Um, and not everyone, you know, I have no agenda to um, promote power play amongst anyone who's not already curious themselves. <laughs> um, and a lot of clients that I work with are um, have a history of memories that they are reorganizing their relationship to. Mm. And so, um, you know, sometimes that looks like trauma release. Um, sometimes that looks like, uh, essentially, what, what I will say is, I was studying with Peter Levine, who created uh, somatic experiencing. I love him. And yeah, and he um, has this incredible um, model. Um, and please feel free to chime in. I, I gather you're also familiar with him. Um, but he looks to animals mm -hmm. because animals have their lives threatened maybe even on a daily basis, and yet they're not living with trauma because they're able to let those experiences move through them. Mm -hmm. And what, what he sees as trauma is not so much about what the event is, but rather that it has gotten uh, kind of stuck in our system. And what I look at is, 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 our felt sense, like our ability to be aware of, track, and name our sensations, connected to um, our ability to express through touch, through sound, through words. And if all of those things are synced up, then we're in a, a place of presence. And there's capacity for added stimulation and we can stay present. Um, as opposed to if there's kind of a place where we go offline where we're not able to track how we're feeling or we're not able to speak in the present moment of a request, a desire, or a limit, then there's a disconnect. Um, and we might be in a space of freeze or collapse. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in kink, we become masterful at attuning to ourselves and our partners. And we bring a deep, juicy, compassionate connection that can increase our window of presence, can allow us to remain present through an increasing amount of stimulation. So it's essentially um, widening the possibility of what we can stay present for. And that means that we have um, a lot of care and wisdom and attention on what's happening in my nervous system and in my partner's nervous system. Mm. And if things start to go towards what we call in the kink world uh, a yellow. Like sometimes we'll use traffic light signals as 
you know, green, things are going really well. Please continue. Yellow, we're approaching some discomfort. I need to move a little slower. Or red, I need to stop. And so people in, in practicing conscious kink and when they're coming to work with me, either in a, a workshop, a retreat, or a, you know, private coaching, they're actually really heightening these skills so that they have very clear uh, boundaries around what's in what realm do we want to play mm-hmm. and what's off the table so that we can really stay present with each other. Something that, um, something that I, I noticed, so I was watching the video that's on your website, which was really fascinating, and you said something in there that just sparked a lot of interest for me, and it was about, there were two things. There, it was about healing a lineage of mistrust. Yes. Um, and how w- with this kind of exploration, there's the opportunity for dominance to be trustworthy. Yes. Can you say more about that? Because for me, like, especially that piece about dominance being trustworthy, it's just like, that is so not the normal um, attitude or relationship towards dominance. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. And this is dear to my heart. Um, Yeah. I see, you know, our current society, our current president, um, there's a, you know, what you're speaking to is really important because it's giving voice to a collective trauma and fear Mm -hmm. that we don't trust the person who has authority. And, you know, when we look across humanity and across time, there have been many leaders who have demonstrated that they have our best interest in mind and that they are trustworthy and that they inspire us. But at this particular era in the U.S., we're, we're, there's a lot of a collective attention on the opposite, on leaders and particularly white, hetero, cisgendered men. There's almost a um, hyper-focus on looking at those identities as not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and an abuse of power. And that's only part of what's happening, but it, it's a place where there's a lot of collective attention. Right. So what I see is the bigger picture is that kink is an opportunity. Conscious kink is an opportunity for us to heal a lineage of mistrust and non-consensual power dynamics and actually replace it with power dynamics that demonstrate choice and creativity and intimacy and shame resilience and acceptance because I don't actually believe that we choose if we like dominance or submission or anything else that our sexual truth may hold. I believe that we choose how much we discover what turns us on and we choose how much we explore it. But I don't believe, just like our sole purpose, I don't think we, we actually choose what it is. It's a matter of discovering it. And so for many of us who hold these ancient archetypes of dominance and submission, there's an opportunity for us to honor that and to see, to explore what does it look like when dominance is trustworthy, compassionate, accountable, committed to the well-being 
of the submissive or whoever you're playing with. And similarly, the counterpart to that is, and oh, let me say one more thing, that, that dominance could companion a sub through their fears with a sense of love and a sense of belonging. Mm. And that the counterpart to that is that what does it look like for the archetype of the sub to be fully responsive, not in a fight, flight, or freeze trauma response, right? Yeah, the sub to be in full choice, self-aware, enlivened by service, and uh, and and exercising their ability to transmute intensity into healing and erotic energy. And so there's a partnership in that, right? When we look at where there's a lot of collective trauma in our society right now and what's what the Me Too movement is shining light on mm-hmm. is those two archetypes in their shadow. Totally. I had, right? a, I had a phenomenal interview with David Gruder all about sort of the shadow masculine and the shadow feminine and um, yeah, and how that's totally what we're seeing right now. I, th- I, I love everything that you just said um, because I absolutely have been inside of this conversation for a long time and, mm-hmm. and firmly believe with every fiber of my being that if we're going to heal things on a collective level, we need to start with our own journey. And so to be willing and able and to have a space to like know that there's a space where I can go, where someone can go to work out those power dynamics in a, in a safe container is just so awesome to me. And I want to thank you so deeply for holding that space, for creating that container um, for people who are drawn to work it out in that way. I think it's, so needed and so important, right? Especially right now because of everything you just named. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. It's like there's a hyper attention on the shadow of those archetypes. Mm-hmm. Yet what I'm bringing is a loving and playful attention to the light of those archetypes that we yeah. also have access to. Yes. And that by playing in those consciously, the healing happens already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you something else too that I, you know, was reading in in your on your website about your journey mm-hmm. and you mentioned your personal experience with with sexuality and how um you found that sharing sexual energy had the capacity to either be healing or destructive, which I think is true for anyone who's sort of journeyed on this path. We've seen how it can go either way, but I would just love to hear you talk more about that and your understanding of what sets up a healing dynamic and what sets up a destructive dynamic. Mm. Yeah. And and I don't think sexual energy is unique in that way. I would say the same about uh, communication. Totally. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it's just um, more intense. Yeah. There's a, there's a visceral uh, intensity that can accelerate pretty quickly when we're, when we're, uh, when we're exchanging sexual energy um and our bodies you know i think there's i think that's my from my understanding anyway that's part of what plays a a role in that is because like we were talking about earlier with the trauma and with how things get stored in the body you know when you're sharing your body with somebody it sort of amplifies that dynamic a little bit 
but I want to hear you mm. answer some questions. Yeah, yeah. So there, it's kind of like it's it's one of our superpowers. So we want to really um, use it in ways that that um, represent who we are and what's important mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Um, I'm sorry, I'm pausing to remember the second part of your Yeah, so my, I was just, I was curious. Oh, oh, what sets it up to be healing or destructive? Or destructive yeah. Yeah, um, I think the clarity that someone has about what they want and their acceptance of what they want. You know, um, Midori said something uh, to me and when I was in her class a while ago that said uh, the only... Um, the the only thing that makes someone intimidating, the only thing intimidating about someone who knows what they want is if you don't know what you want. Mm. And that really landed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so I would say something that could be something that opens the door for healing and play is, is um, having clarity about what you want. And the only way you get to know that is by exploring. Right. So, you know, saying, well, this is the adventure I'm up for right now. And um, here's how, um, you know, here's what it looks and sounds like when things are going well for me. And here's what it looks and sounds like when things aren't going well. And let's put our attention together on tracking that so we can really have fun and stay within a productive space. And here are some of the things that really delight me that I would like to explore. And whether or not the other person is open to exploring them, just having that communication, it builds intimacy and trust. Yeah. I mean, I think you just really landed on such a, such a key component towards what makes something healing versus destructive is the communication aspect. I mean, if we are, if you're at a place where you're able to articulate that, like, well done. Yeah. you know, like how many spaces do we have that we get to practice that? Right. You know? um, and that's well, not I- part of our basic school, but it is, there are, you know, I'm one of many amazing educators that, that can support you. You know, there, there are books and online classes and so many opportunities in, in our current day for people who are modeling conscious communication. And a lot of it has to do with first your, your, communication with yourself. So I'm a really big fan of self-pleasuring, of journaling, of um, exploring your edges and desires with yourself and developing uh, confidence by practicing talking about that with people. Um, You know, when I work with couples, I'll often have them write out their fantasies and then um, embellish them and add as much detail as possible. And that's a process that one already starts running a lot of sexual energy, but two creates a lot of shame resilience. And three is just really, really fun. (laughs) And they get to know each other more because so much of who we are as erotic creatures is in our mindset, Mm -hmm. in our sense of what we want. And, and there's a fun and juicy tension around the things we want that we don't fully feel comfortable that we want them yet. And that is rich and fertile ground for exploration, for erotic energy, for kink, like playing at those edges of like, oh my God, I really want that. And like, is it okay that I want that? And you know what? It is okay that I want that. My playmate sees that too and is affirming that. And suddenly I just became closer to loving and accepting exactly who I am as I am. 
that mm-hmm. emerges. And that's what creates the healing. Um, and that, and that the places, anytime that we're kind of uh, straying away from that or not able to listen to what's true about us, or when we're putting the attention on like, what can I get from my partner versus what can I yeah. contribute to my partner? Mm-hmm. That's where the attention span starts to shrink and it's not big enough to hold uh, the presence and exchange that we want to bring to each other. Well, and that's, speaking of power dynamics, I mean, that's a real, yeah. that's a real shift right there from what can I get to what can I give? It's a big one yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. And when I say, what can I contribute? I don't necessarily just mean, how am I going to touch my partner? Right. right. I mean, because being receptive, being present, offering my full um, responsiveness to my playmates choices or my partner's choices is a contribution. So mm-hmm. yeah. When, yeah. When I say that, I mean that in the greatest sense, um, yeah, of what I want to contribute. And I think sometimes uh, when we go into a fear response, um, we can kind of retract and our attention is totally consumed by our own process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might need professional support. We might need support from our friends. We might, we might need to pause or slow down in those moments. Um, and those are human and natural and normal. Um, but for us to be able to track that, because it is hard to build a dynamic with someone from that place. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. when you shut down, it's, I mean, we mentioned com- communication being such a cornerstone to this work. And when you check out, when you shut down, you're not communicating with yourself or with anyone else. So yes, that's, that's super important. And there are so many people out there like you, like me, like countless others who are supporting people and being able to step more in touch with, with their essence, with themselves, with the fullness of who they are and to bring that into the world in a powerful and beautiful way. Um, so I thank you for this work. Uh, you, you mentioned something a couple of times and I, I know what you mean by it, but I just want to make sure that our listeners know what you mean when you say shame resilience. Oh, great. Well, that came from Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, and shame resilience, well, resilience is, um, an ability to stay present through discomfort and shame resilience is an ability to stay present through the discomfort that is often caused by shame. So, you know, when we, when we're in a shame response, um, it's, um, (laughs) it's a, it's a complex experience because it's like, we actually can't show up when we're in that response. Total. Um, And we might even think that we're a victim, like it's very hard for our mind to stay present and for us to stay connected to the contribution we want to be making in our lives when that response happens. So, um, you know, being able to notice when it's happening, being able to, to observe that and um, being able to remember where we want to put our attention so that we can have thoughts worth having, you know, that's our responsibility to come out of that um, because people are going to have their own judgments and opinions, you know, the more, uh, for me, I think 
being kinky means being willing to be misunderstood and being liberated means being willing to be misunderstood. And that means that no matter what people think about my choices around my gender or my kink or my fetishes, um, that I have resilience in the presence of their opinions. I love that. And I think that is so powerful. Um, so many people make major life decisions, structure their whole life basically around trying to please or impress other people or not, not rock the boat. And yeah. so I just, I love what you're doing. I love what you stand for. I'm super on board um, for our listeners out there. Please go to embody more love so that you can learn more about Z and their work. And um, you know, there's so many different ways to tap into this work. It doesn't have to be through kink, but if, if that is calling to you, I think, it's pretty safe to say that we found somebody who can support you in a really gorgeous way through that journey. Thank you. Yeah, yeah totally. You. Totally. I just, I, you know, I love your energy. I love, I love everything that you have said and I'm just like a thousand percent on board with what you're doing. So thank you for the contribution that you are making, not only with your play partners, but with the world at large. Um, it's, I, I feel it and I'm, I'm with you. So, mm. so yeah. thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the chance to, you know, share this message with more people so we can really have more joy with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Um so again, we've been talking with Zgris about exploring sexual power dynamics. This is the Sex Love and Superpowers podcast show. And until next time, my beautiful, beautiful listeners, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.